Attention all personnel. Incoming podcast. This is MASH Matters. Welcome back to MASH Matters, the podcast celebrating the greatest television series of all time with a guy who loves the show and a guy who was on the show and also loves the show. Uh, Jeff Maxwell. Hello, Jeff. How you doing? Ah, thank you. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Sit down. Sit down, please. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good, Ryan. And uh, it's so nice to be back here at MASH Matters. Uh, it's, a, it's a lovely day out in sunny Southern California. Uh, it's about 1230 on your traffic news and we'll be right back after the, oh no, no, that was a different life. Um, uh, yeah. Hey, here we are on uh, episode 92, right? Is yeah. Episode 92. 92. Here we go. And this is a big episode because we have an interview with a very special somebody. This is, I think our most requested guest. Mm-hmm. who is not a main cast member. Mm-hmm. Of course, our most requested over the years was Alan Alda and, and Loretta and all them. And we've had them all. Everybody's been on the show. Yes. But this guy, all the time, opening up Twitter and Facebook and our emails, people saying, hey, you ever going to have that GW Bailey guy on the podcast? Holy moly. Wow. So here we are. And Jeff, this has been about four years in the making. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I know uh, you reached out to GW early on. Yes. And uh, we we were very close to having him on, I think, in year one. Then something fell through and other stuff got in the way. And well, I, I think he actually heard the podcast. Oh, well. Said, Sorry. <laughs> I, you know, I, I'm busy. Uh, thanks very much, but I'm busy, guys. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's a problem when people actually listen to the podcast before they're on the podcast. That's on the kind podcast. of a deal breaker yeah. for a lot of them. Yeah. No, I he's a he was a very busy guy. He's yeah. a terrific actor, and he's had like 13 television shows. I think he's, he's been on three or four television series at one time. I don't remember the names, but boy. Yes, yes. Good for him being that busy. Uh, and, and a big part of my childhood growing up, not only with MASH, but also Police Academy. And uh, we do yeah. talk about uh, Police Academy and some of the his connections with some of the folks on that film series and uh, how he gets to MASH. And it's, it's just a fun, fun interview. And GW is everything I expected and hoped GW would be. <laughs> but before we jump into the uh, interview, I there is a, a listener email that came in a while back from Emily. And I just wanted to read her message here because it has to do with Rizzo. You know, MASH continuity errors are something we discuss here a lot on the podcast and the lack of continuity on MASH. And uh, Emily says, Hi, Jeff and Ryan. My name is Emily. I really enjoy your podcast. Even though I'm only 18, your show still manages to put a smile on my face. I've noticed three more continuity errors in the show, and all of them involve Rizzo. (laughs) In the episode Captain Outrageous, G.W. Bailey actually plays a different character. In the episode Promotion Commotion, Rizzo is referred to as a corporal, but in every other episode, he's a sergeant. And in the episode Death Takes a Holiday, when Winchester lies to him about having a date, Rizzo asks if he could see if she had a friend. The idea of him having a wife must not have come up yet. I love the podcast and can't wait to listen to the next episode. Well, thank you, Emily. I'm so happy to say that our interview with GW answers zero questions that you pose today. (laughs) None of your questions are going to get answered in this interview, but we hope you enjoy this interview anyway. It's a lot of fun. Without any further ado, why don't we tune in to hear our good buddy, Mr. GW Bailey. 
We have one of the stars of the police series, The Closure, playing the character of Detective Lieutenant Louis Provenza, which ran for seven seasons on TNT from 2005 to 2012. He continued the same role in the spinoff show Major Crimes, produced from 2012 to 2018. He's also very well known for his appearances in the Police Academy films as Captain Thaddeus Harris. He's also been part of about 400 other shows that we don't have time to talk about. <laughs> Our guest made his debut appearance as Staff Sergeant Luther Rizzo in the season 10 episode of MASH, The Yalu Brick Road. In that show, written by Mike Farrell, the 4077 suffered from salmonella poisoning brought on by Thanksgiving turkeys. Klinger scored for the camp. So without any further ado, it gives us great pleasure to offer you our very enthusiastic welcome, Mr. G.W. Bailey. Sergeant Rizzo, thank you and welcome to MASH Matters. Well, thank you. And it could not have been a better character to get messed up turkeys than Clinton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <I'm kidding. laughs> I understand the dialogue. You said, uh, you mean Klinger poisoned us with Thanksgiving surprise? And it's, it, Potter says, it sure looks that way. And he, you say, now I hope I live just so I can kill Klinger. So that makes sense. Because <laughs> he got turkeys that gave us salmonella. Yeah. yeah. And uh, of course, he said, Sam and Ella. <laughs> Boy, well, so uh, gosh, GW, it's so fun to talk to you. And, you know, I um, travel around the country a little bit and I am always asked about the character of Rizzo and you. You are a favorite of the show. So how do you think, I mean, people really love the character of Rizzo. I mean, you were you were about as cute and funny as you could be, but you were still kind of a scoundrel. Very much a scoundrel. And, uh, you know, he'd cheat anybody that was willing to be cheated was stupid enough to come across him. I remember David Stires had some sort of gambling problem, and I exploited that. <laughs> Which was, you know, he got, yes, oh, he was so angry when that, he saw the last script. And it, and it said, you know, uh, Colonel Potter left on his horse and, you know, the other people left this way and that. So he was leaving in the garbage truck with me. Yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, it made him mad. And I, so I, I put, a, I put a, an old, several days old banana under his feet. So he got it set in and watched it. <laughs> Ooh. Well, you, Jeff, you know how mad he can get. Yeah, he'd get mad. And then he announced that he was gay. Right before he died, yeah. mm -hmm. and we said, I said that everybody said, "Gay, my God, he's now announcing it. He's coming out. He's been out since, yeah. since 1930. <laughs> I mean, we were both coming out. It, it wasn't a real <laughs> shock, was it? It wasn't a huge big no, secret to us. No, it was. He was a wonderful no. guy. I mean, you know, I worked with him several times in in other, other theater situations, mm -hmm. and. Uh, he was great to work with. He really was, except when you put a banana under. <laughs> <laughs> I like those bananas. He didn't take to that very well. <laughs> How do you, why do you think uh, Rizzo is such a popular guy? I mean, he did all these kind of crazy, weird things. Is it just because of your incredible charm? Yeah, it's my charm. It, but it, it has to do with, it has to do with the same thing on major crimes and the closer. I just got, 30 or 40,000 hits on my birthday or um, on the Facebook. I, I, I don't keep Facebook. Somebody else told me that. I've never been on Facebook. Um, but but uh, I, I don't know. I, I mean, who would, who, who, I've been on the air in, in six or seven years. 
why would they continue? And they mentioned MASH, of course. Mm-hmm. Why would they continue to send me birthday stuff? Mm-hmm. It's amazed me. It's <laughs> wonderful. It's wonderful. I feel great about it. But it's amazing to me. And it, it's amazing to me that he was very popular. And you know, he didn't do many shows. He didn't do many shows at all. And, mm-hmm. But the shows he did, they remembered. Mm-hmm. They, yeah. they really liked it. Yeah. Well, it was kind of interesting too. I mean, you were in 14 episodes and in those 14 episodes that you were in, you were always really a big part of the episode. Yeah. I, I remember the one with uh, Harry and Harry had said that was his favorite episode that he did. Uh, it was a, where I taught him to drive. Oh yeah. He was in yeah. driving class. Because yes. He had gotten a ticket. And I told him it was a vehicle. <laughs> <laughs> it was my pronunciation. So he had, he had to learn vehicle seeing <laughs> Harry and Harry do that and learn that was was, was worth the price of admission <laughs> <laughs> so how, how did you how did you end up on mash well I I, I uh, took a vacation that I could not get reimbursed for and that's the way to get a job anytime in LA <laughs> is you do something that costs you a lot of money that you can't get paid back so I'll never forget. I was standing on the street. It was snowing. It was four in the morning. And my wife at the time, bless her heart, June had stayed out there. It come had, had left and come back and just sat there in the heat, you know, and I got in the car and, but I had to be out when the bus came by, the bus didn't have a building. It they just had to stop hmm. and, you know, out on the street. And so there I was in four in the morning and I, I had gotten a call for mash so i went back and uh i had read the week before for a job and you know they said oh we love you we love you we're gonna hire you we'll find something for you you know how that goes you know how that is mm-hmm. that's the kiss of death <laughs> so i said well i forget that get that and then lo and behold they called me back and they had a part for me and it was i tell you whose part it was it was uh it was Zago. Uh, what's his name? Um, oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Johnny Hamer. Yeah. Yeah, it was Johnny Hamer. And it was Johnny's part. And it was a thing. Of, and, and my script still said Johnny Hamer on it. And it said, <laughs> oh. mark out Johnny right in Rizzo. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, Johnny, Johnny was a recurring like me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they didn't take to being told no. You know, it was the casting director, a sweet lady. And and uh, the other people, and and they didn't uh, they didn't cotton to be told be told no. And I, you know, there came a time I had to tell them no. I, I was doing something else, and I was recurring. They wanted me there, and I said, "Well, you're going to have to pay me a lot of money." And no, that was that shut them down. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's... So I I didn't work I didn't work on the show for six months. Wow! And then I came back, but uh, that that's how I got the show, Johnny Hamer. Johnny Hamer, they X'd him off and he died. It's <laughs> not <Wow>. good. <laughs> so you didn't you didn't audition for a part called Rizzo? No, no. And and then when you came back, did they write a part called Rizzo? And that's when you sort of created it. Rizzo was from Brooklyn, and he was a, a Italian from Brooklyn. Hmm. And uh, I did the day the day before I did um, the scene with me and uh, what's his name uh, Harry. And I said, we, we got poisoned turkeys from, uh, from uh, what's his name? Klinger. Klinger, yeah. And I said, we got sick turkeys. We got bad turkeys. And that's, 
I said, we got the turkey trots. <laughs> and so the next day, they, I, I arrived at work, and I, I got there about 11, 11.30. So I got there, and they called me up to the office, and the assistant director called me up and said, I, I they would need you in the office. So all the way up there, I almost cried. I said, oh, God, I'm being fired. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody. I sent out letters. I sent out everything. I was going to be on the number one show in the country. And it was just, it was amazing. And I got up there and I told them, I says, I walked in, I said, you know, they were all there. Bert was there and everybody, but, but Alan, but everybody else was there. And, uh, I said, I said, guys, look, you don't have to say a word. I said, don't, please don't say a word. I, I appreciate it. And I'll just leave. And I was about to leave. <laughs> oh, God. They said, oh, no, no, no. Wait, wait, wait. Bert said, wait, where are you going? I said, oh, I'm going to home. He said, why? I said, well, I assume I'm fired. He said, fired? We love you. He says, you're just going to have to be from Louisiana. <laughs> because you ain't from Brooklyn. We could tell that. Yeah. That that accent you used was definitely Cajun. <laughs> and then, of course, I ended up with a wife named Lola and a boy named Billy Bubba. And mm -hmm. she had no teeth. <laughs> Of course, very few people in New Orleans are like that, but nonetheless, they didn't care. <laughs> I wonder if we could do that now. You know, that might not be, might not play well. Oh, I don't know. Mm -mm. When you came in and, and, and started playing Rizzo, how much of that was already on the page and, and how much of that was you bringing that flavor to Rizzo? Well, you know, it was uh, the, the writers knew me. The two writers who wrote me a lot knew me. And they had written a, a pilot uh, with me in it before. Okay. And uh, for, uh, what's her name? Uh, uh, she's short and gorgeous. She's sweet as she can be. Uh, she did a series and she was on, she was in Saturday Night Live. Uh, Not in the Saturday Night Live, but Saturday Night Fever. Saturday oh. Night Fever with Oh, Donna Pescow? Donna Pescow, the Donna <laughs> Pescow show. Yeah. 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 Okay. Pescow. Because that's the first time I worked with, it seemed my mind. My poor mind. Don, Dor Doris, Doris Roberts. Oh, okay. Yeah. And Doris mm -hmm. played her mother or her secretary or something on that show. Mm -hmm. And Doris and I became fast friends, great friends. And uh, she, you know, she was her, her husband was from Texas. He was a great guy. He was a great guy. And and then and, and then she up and died a couple of years about a year or so ago. Mm -hmm. And and her doctor said she had been to lunch is where she had been. And I, he said. I can guarantee you somebody else has paid for it, whatever it was. <laughs> <laughs> that was her. That was just her. If you took her to lunch, you knew you were going to pay. <laughs> uh, she had lots of money to it. And she had lots of money, a lot of character, and a lot of, she lost her talent. She was just an enormous, great gal. And she had two apartments on Central Park West. Oh, wow. Yeah, she took all down and made it one huge apartment. Anyway, that, that, that is enough about Doris. Uh, this is be about me. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> so you, you're, you, you pretty much brought Rizzo into the, uh, into the picture in terms of the character. You really sort of showed up with that. Well, yeah, yeah, I, there's no question about it. But, but they were great writers, and they wrote for us. They wrote for me, and they wrote for you, Jeff. They wrote, yeah. they wrote for all of us. Did. Yeah, once they got the character, boy, they were terrific at uh, you know at exploiting all of its benefits <laughs> and virtues. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and was the fact you know I know you were you were from Port Arthur, Texas. Yeah. And uh, you came, uh, you know, with all that flavor uh, of that area. Yeah. And, you know, that's that was pretty good. That, I'm sure that's obviously that went into Rizzo. Yeah. Well, uh, people need to understand Port Arthur is, is pronounced Port Artur, and it's <laughs> right in the Cajun country. Yeah. It's right on the Louisiana border. And it's more it's more Cajun than Orange or Beaumont is. Mm-hmm. It's more Cajun than, than Louisiana in many ways. Really, especially in northern Louisiana, Shreveport. There's nothing Cajun about it. But uh, down south, man, it's Lafayette and all those cities and Bossier down down in the bottom. It was definitely Cajun. Was there somebody from uh, your past that you kind of based Rizzo on? No, not really. I I went to school with a guy named Jeff LeBlanc, LeBlanc, LeBlanc. Uh, and, you know, I, I once had a, I don't know what I was doing, but I was a Cajun in it. This, they, they hired this dialogue coach and sent her to my room. And uh, she was teaching me the names I had to say, like LeBlanc and Thibodeau <laughs> and uh, Bear. And she said, now, we don't pronounce the H. It's not Hebrew. It's Bear." I said, really? No kidding. I said, well, this is a Thibodeau. Ducks? What is that? <laughs> oh, that's Tibby Oh, oh bless her heart. And she finally said, you've done this before. I said, sweetheart, I'm from Port Arthur. I grew up with these people. I know these people very well. My grandmother, we, we bought shrimp from the boats. That's where we bought shrimp. Wow. Go down and get two, three pounds. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Port Arthur, when I visited Port Arthur, that's the first time I sucked the uh, head of a crawdad, which was <laughs> which was wow. a little a little disturbing, but I did it. It was pretty good, actually. Yeah. Well, suck the head and you suck the head in Port Arthur. You ain't you ain't sucking the real head. You suck him. I don't know what. But, <laughs> <laughs> oh, but a crawdad is different in New Orleans. <laughs> oh, don't tell me that now. It's muddier. <laughs> it's muddier <but> I... <laughs> <laughs> no, it's all the brains. I, the people said the brains. I said, well, how much brain do you think this is in a crawfish? <laughs> <laughs> I guess the theory is there's a lot of butter in there in the sauce that they cook it in. So you're sucking the sauce and the butter and a tiny bit of brain. And that's about it. <laughs> Yeah, you might, you might, you might get a little brain in there, maybe, <laughs> but most of it is butter, salt, and grease. You grew up, uh, and we know that you grew up with uh, the wonderful singer, Janis Joplin. Yes, I did, yeah. Was it, were you friends? Oh, we were friends. Oh, sure. You know, yeah. Everybody knew everybody in Port Arthur. Yeah. A small town, relatively, and we had uh, only two high schools, one black, one white. Mm-hmm. That was the days of segregation and it was so ridiculous bubba bubba went to beaumont and he went to a black high school his father was a coach his brother was also all-american and bubba was everybody's all-american at michigan state mm-hmm. uh, bubba was a miracle he was a walking talking teddy bear he really was mm-hmm. he just couldn't stand to hurt anybody and that was what they, they'd get him pumped up by screaming what he wrote for his biography he titled it and the fans at Michigan State came up with it. They would say, kill Bubba, kill, kill Bubba, kill. To get him riled up, you know. And he'd go out there and just tear their heads off. <laughs> and uh, he was the nicest, sweetest man that ever lived. I mean, anybody that knew him. 
Um, but Bubba, Bubba and I went to high school together at the same time, 10 miles apart. How about that? The other high school in Port Arthur was uh, Abraham Lincoln, and my high school was Tom Jefferson, who owned slaves, of course, and Lincoln, who didn't own any. And Lincoln High was uh, the Bumblebees, and and we were the Yellow Jackets. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, bees, get that bow. We'd go out there on Friday night and watch the bees play. Huh. They were wonderful. They were colorful and great. They, they played great ball. So was it just happenstance that you and Bubba appeared then together on Police Academy, or did, did one of you have something to do with the other? No, total happenstance. Huh. I got there, and Bubba was there. Huh. And, I, and I yelled out, hey, Bubba, what's long and hard on the third grader? And he said, I don't know, homeboy. And I said, the third grade. Well, <laughs> people ducked <people> everywhere. <laughs> I said, well, he's a homeboy. I would say anything I want to him. He didn't care. <laughs> uh, anyway, I asked him what he thought about Beaumont today. Because when he was a kid, we'd go down to Piccadilly, and they couldn't eat in Piccadilly. They couldn't walk in. Hmm. And then later, they let them go in, but the blacks had to eat in a separate place in Piccadilly. Uh. And I asked Bubba what he thought about it those days. He said, oh, that didn't bother me. He said, I came up, I, I, I eventually bought that whole block. Oh, <laughs> great. That's a great ending. So all of the places they ate my food. <laughs> That's great. That's I bought awesome. the block. That's great. <laughs> oh, Bubba was a big old boy. Hmm. My birthday, he was there. My 40th, I think my 50th birthday. And he was there. And everybody, oh, it hurt my feelings. Everybody wanted a picture with Bubba. <laughs> Nobody wanted my picture. They wanted their picture with Bubba. <laughs> I remember it was Harry, Harry Morgan. Mm-hmm. And Harry, after, after he took his picture with Bubba, he said to me, he said, Jimmy, uh, who represents you? And I said, what do you mean who represents me? He said, your agent. And oh, some ne'er-do-well, I don't know what his name is. And I told him, <laughs> I could remember and uh, he said, well, I'm looking for an agent. And I got so depressed about that. If somebody 80 years old is looking for an agent, God almighty. Wow. Harry Morgan, an agent, he's one of the greatest historical character actors in the history of the business. Yeah. He was great. Yeah. Yeah. So you've done a lot of, uh, a lot of movies and a lot of television shows. Uh, maybe this is an unfair thing to ask, but is there a is there a difference or a, a small difference that you can uh, see between Mash and and any of the other shows? No, not really. Except that uh, Mash, being television, was a lot faster. You know, uh, you, you you laid it out pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you knew the characters. You knew uh, you had that reading around the table and. Pretty much that was where you, you expressed yourself, any differences you had and differences or problems. Harry always had a problem. <laughs> and always. And uh, Loretta always had a problem. Of, you know, it wasn't feminist enough, wasn't liberal enough, <laughs> but she was great. And, and they, 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 were all, they were all wonderful. They, were, they really were. It was like a, I was like a cousin come to visit. I mean, I was just like a nephew come to visit. And I'd stay up in the in the attic with the crazy uncle, <laughs> and uh, they were good to me, and I was good, good for them, and and I, I just loved them. I loved them, every one of them. I just loved them. I loved them all, even the ones that said they didn't like me. Yeah, 
Yes, Maxwell, funny, genuinely funny. <laughs> well, thank you. Appreciate oh that. God, I the cooking show where you were cooking, and I forget what you were cooking, but oh. They were supposed to line up. Or, ah, I forget what it was. That was pretty much it. I was cooking and people lined up. That was, <laughs> that was about my my career there, <laughs> which I was there. very happy to have, by the way. <laughs> oh, yeah, me too. I was paid $1,200 a month a week, and I was thrilled to get it. Yeah, to, to be yeah. around that, to be in that show and to be around the people and to have that kind of energy. It was, uh, uh, I would have done it for free, maybe, but probably not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, you always got to be paid something. Absolutely. Preferably more. Uh, preferably more. <laughs> <laughs> so after MASH, uh, suddenly you became this uh, kind of superstar in a way and got into these films and then got into these two other series. Wow. I mean, that's a that's a remarkable thing. Actors don't necessarily have that kind of career. And you have had and are still having a wonderful career. That's an amazing thing to go from from that show and then into films and then into these two other series. That's that's pretty cool. Yeah, it was amazing. It was amazing to me, but of course. And uh, uh, I, I never forget. I met I met what's his name uh, the guy who did the uh, funny thing happened on the way to the forum who was the genius behind Smash. Larry Gelbart. Larry Gelbart. Larry Gelbart and and uh, of course Gene Reynolds. Yeah. I met Gene Reynolds at, at, at um, over at uh, Lou Grant. Oh. But I had never met Mr. Delbar. I'd never met him. I talked to him on the phone. I, I called him. I called him once. I, I didn't mean to call him. I called the union when the writers were on strike. And I was just, I was out of town and I'd just come back in town. And I was finding out where they wanted us to go to walk the picket line for the writers. I, I, I never forget. I, I, I was on the phone. And they connected me. They said, you need to talk to the strike lieutenant. And they put me on and manning the phones. And it was Larry Gilbert. Hmm. He said, GW, is that you? I said, yes, sir. I said, who is this? He said, it's Larry Gilbert. <laughs> oh, my God. Hello. I said, why, why, why are you answering the phones? He said, well, that's all they let me do because I'm so old. I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't walk out on the street. I couldn't walk out anymore. So they put me in here. <laughs> and so... Just a minute, I'll put you in ter- terms of in place where you're supposed to go. So he clicked the phone, and of course, I ended up at Sports Talk or some damn thing. <laughs> he had punched the wrong button. And so I called, I got back to the original operator, and she said, oh, that's Mr. Gilbert. <laughs> he always sends people to the wrong place. So I, I met him. I saw him years later, and he was coming out of the Universal uh, Sheridan Universal, and he stopped me. He stopped me, Jeff. Listen to this. He stopped me. The man stopped me and said, GW, it is such a pleasure to meet you. <laughs> he said, what a family we had. Ah, uh, yeah. I said, oh, Delbert, you have no idea. I said, oh, said, I never felt I was part of a family. I said, yeah, I only did, you know, very few shows. He said, oh, he said, if you did one, you did, you did them all. You were a legacy, part of our legacy. Yeah, I just want to thank you for being part of it. I said, "Oh, I was so moved, so yes. so yes. dear that he would yeah. know me, and that he would stop and talk to me like that." I was a big fan of his anyway, but man, I really became a fan after that. Yeah, yeah, that was Larry Gilbert for me. That's the only time I ever met him. Jeff knew him, you knew him well, but I, I never got to meet him. 
Yeah, he was a, he was an extraordinary guy. He really was. And I've often said without Gene Reynolds and Larry Gelbart, I don't think MASH would I don't think we'd be talking about MASH right now had it had it not been for them. I don't think so. No, they 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 fought the battles with the network and they fought the battles at home. Yes. They did it all. They 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 kept that writer's room in shape. They were just aces guys. That's all there is. Yeah, they really were. And and they brought their own sensibilities to it with tremendous experience you know, that, that mash thrived on. So it's, uh, yeah, without them, that wouldn't be it. So when you're out and about, do people recognize you more from the closer and, and major crimes, or do they recognize you more from police Academy or from mash? What do you hear the most? Probably not at all. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, sir. Would you get out of the way, please? <laughs> hey, old man. <laughs> oh no, I get, I get a lot of I get a lot of the husband looking at the wife, and I I can tell what they're saying. They they they're saying I didn't know he was still alive. <laughs> <laughs> and and I I just go about my business. Oh, I, I suppose it's it's probably Police Academy, Mash, and then and then the closer and, and uh, Major Crimes. Okay. Probably Mash and Police Academy are neck and neck. Yeah. Wow. A lot more people saw Police Academy than ever saw MASH, except for the final episode. Well, you were really the last of the supporting players to uh, exit the screen in that final episode. All the hoopla around that episode, you know, not just the filming of it, but leading up to the airing and the celebrations and the the craziness. What, What are your memories of that time? Well, to be honest with you, I remember David Steyer sitting on that banana. (laughs) you know and now that you've said it it's an image that i will probably not forget real quickly (laughs) no no never uh but david started being mad at me and i remembered also that you know the props and the set pieces it was like locusts had been through there Hmm. everything was taken down and taken away it was Mm -hmm. people and people's homes so there was a there was a mash can where the mash was well you'll recognize it, Jeff. It's where the people went to the bathroom. And it was way up on the wall, way hung up on the wall, way up high, because it had to be out of the way for not in the camera's way. So it was way up high. And I, I said to the prop man, I said, Is that spoken for? <laughs> he said, No. You want? I said, Yeah, yeah, I'd love to have it. And it's hanging in my bathroom right this second. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> That's where that thing went. <laughs> As my wow. granddaughter, she knows I was in MASH because when she goes to pee, she looks at it every time. <laughs> the big red X on it, the big red cross. How about that? Hangs in my bathroom to this day. Why do you think MASH has been around so long? I mean, we, we t- we're talking about, we're doing a podcast about it and it's on, you know, this is the 50th anniversary. People are all excited about it. Uh, we're doing interviews about it and there, there was a television documentary about it. What what do you think? Why, why was it so powerful to all these viewers? Well, I think it was a part of the America that, you know, that we went to, we were at a war. We were in a war for a very short time, but it wasn't really a war, you know? We never declared war. We just managed to kill a whole bunch of people. Yeah. Of course, there's no knowledge of it among the kids. You know, and I say kids, I mean, 20s and 30-year-olds and down, you know, they, they don't know what the Vietnam War was. 
they, you know, they have no idea the influences that that had, much less the Korean War. Well, I think a lot of Americans know about the Korean War based on their knowledge of it from MASH. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Very true. And because MASH, you know, it, MASH did it over the 11 years, took on a lot of themes that, you know, other shows wouldn't touch. I mean, it dealt with racism and sexuality and all kinds of things that a lot of other shows kind of wouldn't do. Um, but they went after it. They wouldn't do it at all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not at all. And, and luckily, you know, the, the writing staff was so good that it could it could navigate those things without being perhaps offensive and with a good degree, good degree of humor so people could tolerate it and, and hear, hear the message, you know, and, and, you know, engage with it. GW, uh, for many years now, you've been involved with a, uh, a foundation called the Sunshine Kids. And uh, I'd love for you to just tell us a little bit about that and what, what you do and, uh, and how people can find more information about that. Yeah, well, to be honest with you, I don't do anything anymore. Oh, really? I got so old, they got rid of me. <laughs> oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, I mean, there just comes a point where you, you're too old and you're too cantankerous. <laughs> I, I just couldn't do it anymore. I, I, I'd been the executive director for 19, 20 years, mm. and I had run the organization basically for 25 or 30, and then I had 16 years as a volunteer and working hard. 36 years was enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I stepped away and I, other people stepped in and good people, wonderful people. And they're doing a great job. I still go to, I'll be down at the Mardi Gras. I'll be at the Texas trip. I probably will go to the New York trip. I go to the, to the trips I like, <laughs> you know, and I, and I go at my own expense. I go and, and I talk to the kids. I talk to them and I, and I go to some events with them. Yeah. Um, so they, they can see me and they, they know they have a sense of history of who I was and yeah. and that sort of thing. And and what does the Sunshine Kids Foundation do? Mainly what we do are our national trips. Our national trips consist of, oh, let's say 20 to 26 kids with cancer that go with us to, let's say, New York City. We come to L.A. And what we'll do on a trip is typical of L.A. You know, we'll do the the tourist things, Disneyland and Knott's Berry Farm and those things. But also we do a trip to Catalina. We do a sightseeing tour. We meet a lot of celebs. We go to a lot of houses. We go to a lot of picnics, spend the time on the set. Uh, you know, Big Bang Theory was always great. The, kid, the, the, the cast would have lunch with them. Nice. Uh, and then, of course, when uh, the head of uh, NBC no, what's his name? The died of cancer. Sweet man. God, wonderful man. Tartikoff? Tartikoff. When Tartikoff was paramount, and before that he was head of NBC, he would always have us, at, and he, he at paramount, he would send out word, and people would say, oh, I don't have time, and then and the word, word would come down. Well, of course, if you don't have time, I understand, but this is my favorite chair. <laughs> they would show up in droves. <laughs> we have great pictures of big stars with them, big stars with them. That's great. Uh, but, but the big stars loved them. They, they, they took great care of them and they came to visit later and they would come boating with us or the fishing or whatever we did. Whatever We, did. Uh, we just did whatever, whatever came to our minds. See, we were a bunch of party people. That's all. That's what we were. <laughs> in our in our group, no one ever had a degree in social work or in 
Uh, there is no degree in what we do. Just helping kids who need help. Yeah. 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 We had the, our, our major, major corporate sponsor. Well, it used to be Prudential. And then Prudential sold to uh, Berkshire Hathaway, which is uh, what's his name's company, Warren Buffett. Mm-hmm. Our major source of income is probably individuals. There's a website, sunshinekids.org, and we'll put the link to that in the show notes for this episode if anybody wants to go and, and find out more about the Sunshine Kids Foundation. And if you uh, would like to make a donation, you can do that through the website. Well, listen, you, uh, you've you been a wonderful guest here, and we really appreciate you being here. I know so many people, uh, I got to tell you, love you, and, mm-hmm. and certainly they love all of the roles that you've done. But because we're so involved with MASH, people talk to us all the time about about you and how much they love Rizzo and how fun it was to see you and watch you. So you know that you are very loved that way because we hear it all the time. So we're passing that along to you. Please tell them hello, the ones that care. Yeah. Any, any... <laughs> they care. They care. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say anything you'd like to tell them. As Sally Field said, you like me. <laughs> you really <laughs> like me. <laughs> Speaking as somebody who grew up watching you on MASH and also grew up uh, heavily influenced by the Police Academy movies, I thank you and uh, I like you and I appreciate everything that you've done. Uh, your career is just, uh, I've, I've followed it for so, so many years. In fact, I want to tell you too, because I, I'll never have an opportunity to tell you this except for right now. I have a soft spot for the movie Burglar because it's based on a book series by Lawrence Block that I read for many many years and because yeah, of because right. of your appearance in that film i cannot read any of the bernie rodenbar books without imagining you as ray so thank you for that <laughs> well you're welcome oh gosh Delia, thank you so much for being here and i like you too i didn't read those okay. books but i like you too <laughs> <laughs> good and, you know all the all the mash issues that uh, you know ryan and i uh, ryan grew up watching the show i kind of grew up being on the show and working there. And for me, it was a job. And for, for Ryan and a lot of other listeners, uh, it was something that they would bond with all the characters. I I bonded with all the people rather than the characters. So it's an interesting, you know, thing for me to have done this podcast and hear how emotional people um, are about the show. Whereas I'm going, yeah, but you know, I didn't get paid as much as I should have. And <laughs> it was a job. Well, you know, speaking of pay, I, 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 let me tell you a quick, a quick Alan Holder story. Alan was making uh, like two hundred and sixty-five thousand a week, and I was paid maybe a thousand a week, maybe a thousand a week when I did uh, an episode. Mm-hmm. Of course, I would have ninety percent of the dialogue and one percent of the money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so I asked him once. He was on the phone with Oklahoma, trying to get Oklahoma to pass the Women's Rights Amendment. And he wasn't having any luck with Oklahoma. And and I said, Alan, he said, well, and he put him on hold. He said, yes, I said, let me ask you, I said, do you realize how much we get paid as opposed to you, as opposed to you and the, and the others? And he says, I don't have anything to do with the money. Now you understand that. I don't have anything to do with the money. That's CBS. They, they do it all. I don't have anything to do with the money. You got to talk to them. <laughs> I never saw a man crab so fast in my life. <laughs> Ooh, he crabbed away from that money. Boy, he didn't want to talk about the money. But he was a great guy. He was he was very sweet, very sweet to me. As long as I didn't talk about money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
AGW, thank you very much. Uh, we oh, love you. My. Consider this podcast your podcast. Anytime you want to come on and talk about something, you know, you know where to get a hold of me. And uh, I hope to see you down the road. We have a cup of coffee or a chicken pie sometime. That would be great. I'd love to see you. I ordered some shrimp and crawfish in. Hey, all right. There you go. <laughs> oh, I'm going to suck those brains right out of there. Cut <laughs> those brains, baby. See y'all. Well, that was delightful. <laughs> Loved talking to Mr. G.W. Bailey. Thank you, Jeff, for reaching out and getting him on the show because uh, that was a that was a dream come true for me, really. Well, it was uh, it wasn't easy. <laughs> it wasn't easy dragging him, <laughs> kicking and screaming to our podcast, but we got him. Uh, you know, I had a Hit him hard around the head and throat, but finally he showed up. Yeah, he doesn't really have email or Facebook. He, I think you no. had to reach out to him via carrier pigeon, didn't you? Something I had to go to a tree or something and talk to the tree. I don't remember, but it was, it was painful. But he, GW, he, he is a force of nature and he's a wonderful guy. And um, I remember some years ago, he and I were involved in a project that was one of my great ideas that never panned out. I was in Port Arthur, Texas. Mm -hmm. And uh, my partners and I had come up with a wonderful movie idea called Galleria, which was a, a movie that took place completely inside of a shopping mall. Hmm. And back then, Gallerias and shopping malls had just kind of, you know, were just born. They were just mm -hmm. kind of coming into their own instead of main streets. So main streets were pretty upset about Gallerias becoming very popular because it was killing businesses. But Galleria businesses were not unhappy. So my friends and I thought that this was an interesting socioeconomic, interesting kind of situation. So we wrote this movie called Galleria. And um, I happened to hook up with GW uh, and we were in Port Arthur, Texas. And uh, because he's from Port Arthur, I said, GW, if you're not in this movie, it's not going to be a good thing in the world. He agreed. <laughs> <laughs> and he had a part that we wrote for him and uh, it was very funny and it was a lot of fun and it was wonderful. And if anybody wants to buy a script from me, <laughs> they're $42,000 a piece and I'll be happy to send it to you. I'll even autograph it. But the movie never got made, yeah. but GW was great. And we, you know, I still look forward to maybe someday doing the movie. <laughs> we'll be in walkers, but that's okay. And maybe malls will come back by then. You know, you know, you just never it know. could be. You never could know. Be. Or maybe Bam. your movie could, uh, you know, uh, spur the rebirth of malls. It, it could, yes. Mm -hmm. And one of our listeners calls up with $100 million. <laughs> yes. We'll, we'll be happy to make that movie. Yes, please call up with $100 million. Yeah. Or if you want to, you can just go to Patreon and support us Whoa. on a monthly basis. You can give us $100 million a month if you want to. Uh, we want to thank some of our Patreon supporters, our VIPs, including Private Edward Gibbons-Brown. And Private Chris McCarry. Private Mark Staten. Corporal Brandon Johnson. Captain Jolene Zimmel. Captain Jim Simnet. Captain Tina Geshwinder. And Major Charles Jones. And Major Chris Seaton. Thank you for supporting the show and being a part of the madness that is MASH Matters. We will be back with a new episode with uh, new questions and a few answers to those questions. 
You know, Jeff, I uh, recently had a work trip down to Florida, and I used the occasion of the flight there and back to go through all of the messages that have accumulated, all of the emails and the the voicemails and tweets and everything that have come in, all these great listener questions and messages, and then counted up. I think we have in the neighborhood of 140, 150 messages that we have not yet (laughs) (laughs) read or answered and then about 25 or so voicemails that we haven't gotten to so be patient if you haven't heard your message or voicemail yet it may or may not be played on a future episode but yeah there's a lot but we we still want more so you can reach out to us mash matters podcast at gmail.com Facebook, Instagram. We're on Instagram. Mashmatters.com is our website too. And we have a very interesting thing coming up. Ryan, you and I have worked on this for the past few months, actually. And I have a big surprise for you. I think we have solved the problem. I won't say of what, but we have solved the problem we've been working on for quite some time. I know what you're talking about. And if that's the case, then that is pretty darn cool. And I think listeners are going to really, really enjoy that. Yep. That's a tease. We're just big teases here. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's 1030 on the freeway today and it's sunny out on. Not that kind of a tease. Not that kind of a tease. All right. Until next time, here's looking up your old address. 